I'm Lynette Zhang, Chief Market Analyst here at ITM Trading, a full-service physical gold and silver dealer, though some might even call me a boss. But if I were the boss, I would do things very differently on Wall Street because as you can see, well, or as you will see, Wall Street has just become, it was always a big game for the big players, but now with technology married to Wall Street, they're giving them a bit of a run for their money. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But I love this. Uh, Seth Klarman compares investors to frogs in boiling water. You think? Now, he's complaining because of value investing. But what it's really, it's really about is Fed policies where it's tamped down that volatility, which means that there is no good price discovery. And the interesting thing is, you know, here we are in 2021, but quite frankly, that's been true since QE in March of 2009, uh, yeah, 2019. So, but I'm going too fast, please forgive me. 2009, since March of 2009, there has been no good price discovery in any of these markets thanks to the Fed's role in here. With so much stimulus being deployed, trying to figure out if the economy is in recession is like trying to assess if you had a fever after you just took a large dose of aspirin. And so what's really happening, investors are being conditioned not to recognize danger. You think? This just didn't happen, but the danger is here and it's real. And with the insanity in these markets, I mean, you know, timing is the biggest challenge of any technician. I can tell you what is most likely to happen because there's a long string of data on most things, but I can't tell you that it's going to be Tuesday morning at 835. But as we've witnessed time and again, you aren't going to know one second before you lose all choices. And personally, I would always rather be two weeks, two years, I don't care. I would always rather be early than even one second too late, and then especially in this very fragile market. So a great example of this is what's happening with GameStop, who has all of these physical locations in malls, and they're dying. But look it, they, it went up yesterday alone when I happened to grab this image, a hunt of 80%. Look at this, from 20 bucks to over 100, 117 at the moment that I grabbed it, but it hasn't stopped yet. And that's because, oh, it all right, it surged 285% because of investors like those in Robinhood. That's what we're talking about with a gamification of trading. You know, naive individuals are going up against the big boys, and this is a big switch. So the big boys who are now lamenting all the shorts, et cetera, et cetera, when it was all in their favor, that was okay. But now that you have small, really speculative, they don't know what they're doing. They're, they're just really just going in there and saying, hey, look, at they were buying Hertz when Hertz was going to declare bankruptcy. It even made Hertz think, oh, let's come out with more stock. I mean, 
The reality is, is the insanity can last longer than you would think, but companies with the weaker fundamentals are not realizing those fundamentals the way they used to. Well, again, that has been true since 2009. Actually, it might have even been true when they put in the plunge protection team after Black Monday in 1987. I remember that day very, very well. Best day, best day I could have ever been a stockbroker. But things, trees don't grow to the sky and stocks don't perpetually go up. And I am a hundred gazillion percent certain this time is not different. You have to decide how you're going to walk through this. But of course, you know, I love Wolf Richter. He's awesome. And to put it succinctly about services, I mean, look at the insanity in these markets. Everything drops, including jobs, but prices and wages rise. So here are the current indicators. And remember, from the New York Fed, you have all those links on the blog. Go take a look at this for yourself. But business activity is down, business climate is down, and the number of employees are down. Wages are rising and prices being paid. So that's really inflation is rising. This is the bifurcated economy, people. Here it is. It's pretty easy to see when you take a look at the numbers. And to just reiterate, things can remain insane, but this time isn't different. And they don't remain insane forever. But setting us up for resetting the currency, because why are things going up? Why are the stock markets going up? I'll show you more about that in a minute. And I threw this in because this came up as I was getting ready for this morning. Janet Yellen, is it's official. She is now the first to lead. She's the first woman treasury secretary. And she came in saying, we are going to go big. And the markets love that because it's just more free money. But you really do have to understand that every time they print this money, the value of all the money that's out there goes down. And the last time I checked, a trillion times zero was still zero. This is nominal confusion, people. They know that inflation causes nominal confusion. It's built in to the very foundation of the monetary system, and particularly in the currency system. So if you look at this, remember, the Fed warned us they're going to allow inflation to run hot. Now, these are inflation expectations. Right, so here we are currently, and this is going out to 2022. So they're showing you they're going to allow inflation to run hot, but they are going to keep rates all the way down. They're warning the bond market. That's a big warning. We talked about this, I think, a little bit the last time too. You know, with interest rates, oh, in the Q&A, and somebody asked me about the interest rates going up over the last six months. But the Fed has an 
well, implicit, if not explicit, put on interest rates. They are telling you, we are keeping interest rates down, whether it's the, the overnight Fed funds rate that they have direct control over, or it's even the 10 and the 30-year bond, because they'll just go in and buy the bonds and push the yields down. So then you might be saying, well, so then what do we have to worry about? And it really is, go. it goes right back to that confidence. So they've got to keep the stock market floating. They've got to keep interest rates down. They've got to keep you thinking that everything looks okay. But of course, if you're in the bottom of the K recovery, so the, the main street, most of the people that are really suffering from this, you know that things aren't okay. If you're in the group that has thrived through this because of all that free cheap money, well, then you're living your life and maybe you don't notice it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, this is why they're going to have to do the UBI, universal basic income, because that's the only way to keep the public calm and not rioting. And we've already been witnessing how that's been expanding. This is uh, this came in this morning, by the way, from the IMF. If you know, you can go on to the IMF. That's the International Monetary Fund. And keep in mind that its members are every Treasury Secretary and every Central Bank Chief, almost in the world. There are 196 countries. 189 of them are members of the IMF. And you can request these. So whenever they issue a new, this one happens to be from their blog, they'll send it to you. You don't even have to go on and look. And I would encourage everybody out there to go do that because you can read the reports for yourself. They're really interesting. But this is what they're anticipating. I love this from uh, in growth. And this is 2020. So we had clearly a very bad year. But policy support and vaccines are expected to lift economic activity. Now, I want just kind of think about that for a minute, because what they're really saying here is all that free money and all that inflation that that free money creates makes it look like the economy is growing, but it's not. It's policy money. And now that Janet Yellen is Treasury Secretary, she's committed to it. I mean, look at them. You've got Powell and you've got Yellen. And, you know, Yellen knows the Fed really well. But I want you to take, keep in mind this. If downside risks were to materialize, you think, in other words, if the stock market fall drops Precipitously, a tightening of fiscal conditions could amplify the downturn at a time when public and corporate debt are at record highs worldwide. People think that central banks can just keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing their balance sheet, and they can until confidence is lost. Because it really, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter whether you are a central bank or a government or a corporation or an individual, 
There is only so much debt that you can take on. That's why they have to keep interest rates so low. But you know what happens? That's actually called financial repression. That is a tool of governments and central banks to keep these interest rates artificially low. And in that way, it forces savers or forces things like insurance companies that have guaranteed payments, pension plans. It pushes them out to take more risk. This is all intentional. This is all by design. And in the meantime, you have a massive fall in living standards. You think? This is this year. There are over 150 economies that have per capita incomes below their 2019 levels in 2021 already. And it only declines modestly to 110 economies they're anticipating. Could be much worse than this in both 2021 and 2022. <clears throat> in 2022. More people are dying from starvation. That food inflation goes back to the mantra, food, water, energy, security, barterability, wealth preservation, community, and shelter. These are the things that we always need regardless of what's really happening inside of the economy. It's a great economy and you're doing great. You need those things. We're going, well, we are already in a depression. I mean, it should be obvious to everybody that the world looked a whole lot different a year ago. But how were you positioned in March and April when those grocery store shelves went bare? What are your holes? They have not been fixed yet unless you personally went out and, and plugged those holes. That's critically important because what we have in our future will make what we just have been going through look like chump change. I, I'm like so serious about this. Close to 90 million individuals are expected to enter extreme poverty between 2020 and 2021. I don't want anybody to be at that position because as we've been watching over, well, since March, March is an interesting month. That's also when they started QE. But as we've been witnessing, the rich have gotten a lot richer and the poor have gotten a lot poorer. And on average, because every circumstance can be different, but on average, 80% of the population, when we go through this hyperinflationary depression that we've already begun to walk through, 80% of the population is in abject poverty. So that takes us to community too. If you can do something to help, if hopefully you're on the top part of that K and you can help, help grow a garden. Look at the homeless schools or schools in your neighborhood with children going hungry. Buy school lunches. Do something. Do whatever works for you to do. But if you have the ability to help, 
help. And if you don't have the ability to help monetarily, there are community gardens. Those are like-minded people. Build that community and secure your food because food is the biggest issue for most people during these transitions. Now, this is part of what we were looking at with GameStop and Robinhood, and we've spoken about it before. Save stimulus check expected to help spur economic recovery. Again, where is the inflation that the central banks have been, well, have been creating it since really 1913, seriously since 1971. And, you know, I, I've shown you those graphs from the Federal Reserve that every time we hit a recession, the speed at which they create debt escalates. So, you know, all of the stimulus checks, I'm not saying they shouldn't have sent them out. I'm not saying they shouldn't have done UBI. I would really love to see a level playing field, but that's not what the Fed and the government has created. However, that's another topic for another day. How households spent their first stimulus check. I remember they just got another little one, 600 bucks, and they're going to get another 1200 And we'll see because the new president, Biden, and Janet Yellen are ready to go big. We'll see what happens. But they saved 36.4% of it, put a lot of that stimulus into savings. Why would they do that? Well, first of all, they should because you need to have that cushion since we know that most Americans, most people globally, but most Americans cannot come up with $400 in an emergency. You think they've been experiencing an emergency? Why the food banks are packed with requests? I'm glad about this one. Uh, 34.5% of it has used it to pay down debts. Now, I didn't pull this graph, but you do have the link on the blog to go to revolving credit on the Fed and uh, on the Fred, and you'll see that a lot of people have used it to pay down debt. Debt is still higher than it was in 2008. It's still really elevated, but both of those things, Interestingly enough, if you've paid down your debt, then in theory, they're suggesting that you can take on more debt because you have to remember the current system is based on constantly compounding debt. So if you have savings, well, wow, you'll go out and start shopping. And if your credit cards are lower, You'll build those credit limits. You'll go right up to the credit limit again. But what about production? What about really producing something other than these bubbles? Because that's what we're really dealing with here. You know, all of this fed, this money for free is all about bubbles. So you have to ask. Does all of this money for free, which by the way, it's not really free money because we taxpayers are obligated to pay the balance sheet of the Fed. We're obligated to pay the debt of the government. So it's really on the on the shoulders of the taxpayers. You know, taxes are going to have to go up. They have to go up. There is not going to be any choice. 
They'll cut services, they'll cut benefits, but they're also gonna have to raise taxes. What do the Fed always say? We want more inflation. Inflation, why? Because it helps employers manage their wage bills, right? That nominal confusion, 9,500 bucks average wage that a family of four could live on versus 52,000 today, but that is paycheck to paycheck. You need two wage earners, one wage earner. So inflation, and this is also what enables that income and wealth inequality, by the way, helps employers manage their wage bills, make debt servicing easier. Remember when you first bought your house and you thought, oh my God, this payment is so high, but through inflation over time, you kind of got used to the payment. You were making more money. It didn't seem so high, right? Uh, and allows interest rates to be set at levels that leave rooms for cuts in a downturn. Because in theory, and before I go on with this slide, let me just go back to this one. Because in theory, when, the, when inflation starts to run hotter, then this is the key tool for the central bank. They raise interest rates above the inflation rate. They're telling you they're not going to do that. They're telling you, no, we're not going to do that. But in theory, they could do that, even though they're not really going to. Let's see. Here we are. Oops. Okay, so inflation makes all these things easier to deal with. And the average interest rate drop every time we hit a recession for the central bank was about five and three quarter percent. Well, we're anchored at zero. So, you know, much as they may say no, no, no to negative rates, are they going to have a choice? No, they will not have a choice. But stock inflation is good. Inflation rippling through markets is just what the Fed wants to see. See? Because that's called reflation. Any of you remember all the reflation trade where they targeted stocks and bonds and real estate since the last financial crisis in 2008? reflation is good. That's where all the inflation has gone. All, not all of it, though. I mean, that's actually garbage, too. Anybody that pays any attention to the cost of food or the cost of medicine, the cost of education, the cost of doing anything knows that prices are substantially higher than they were in 2008 when they started this reflation trade. It's just that the Fed takes out that, oh, that awful volatile food and energy. Gosh, yeah, but it never really comes down. And inflation is constantly compounding, but they don't really talk too much about that. At the same time, now, this is what they consider the inflation rate. So it's been really stubborn, but this has been the unemployment rate. And now wages are finally starting to go up, but that's also because they've gotten rid of the lowest wage earners, right? That's who's really borne the biggest brunt of this whole crisis. 
and I do hear talk about raising the minimum wage to $15 over five years. If you made $15 an hour now, you're already suffering a maximum level. Over five years, they're going to raise the minimum wage to 50. It's a joke. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's just a, it's just a joke. Oh, sorry. To get actual inflation that leads to higher inflation, right? So the stock market inflation, bond market inflation, real estate inflation, food inflation, education, all that stuff doesn't really count. It doesn't count. To get actual inflation that leads to higher inflation, which is what central banks are vigilant against, you need wages to rise. We have seen over and over again in all these videos that, that I've done, and we'll look at it more going into the future, that once the Federal Reserve took over inflation after 1971, when Nixon closed that gold window and handled full control of inflation to private central bankers, that productivity and income and and uh, wealth inequality expanded. That was going up as wages were really, in real terms, going down. So even this little bit of wage inflation that we may be getting, and I hope we do, because it's absolutely disgusting what people are forced to accept. Of course, they can make different choices too. We all have to make the choices that we are most comfortable with. I'm telling you right now, when they allow this inflation to run hot, you wait until we have that universal basic income, which I think is coming very, very, very soon. They're going to have to in order to just keep this game going. Because remember, the Fed does not anticipate having their digital currency in place until 2023. So, you know, maybe, maybe that buys us some time. It doesn't mean that you sit back and you wait. It means you get ready now, you get prepared now. And I want you to look at what's happening in the spot gold and silver contracts because silver is beginning to really um, conclude its cup formation, right? So you can see it. You can see, I didn't draw lines in this one. I'm sorry, I will the next time. But you can see where, let's see, from where we are right now, we really don't have any uh, resistance till we get to, you know, well, we've got some at 30 here because that was the last time. But 35, I think we'll probably see 35 pretty soon. And gold has already concluded the cup. And all you see here is a little bit of consolidation. But technically, on these spot contracts where we know that, hey, this is cheap and easy and, you know, it's just a derivative. It's more complicated and it takes more time when you're dealing in the physical gold and silver. But these run all sorts of counterparty risk. Physical gold, physical silver in your possession runs zero counterparty risk. And I really, really, really want everybody 
at any economic level to remember that gold and silver in any form is monetary at its base. You know, I should, and I will. I'll, I'll you know, I'll grab some of the bent and tarnished and dinged, you know, sterling silver that I have. Because if you have Aunt Bessie's candlesticks and they look awful, it doesn't matter. If they're sterling, they're 92.5% pure. Mexican silver, it's marked 925, is 92.5% pure. And silver, even at these levels, even though you're going to pay a premium because there's so many more paper contracts than there are physical silver availability, you know, your, your physical world is where you get your true demand supply. But while they're maintaining the suppression of the prices, they're taking advantage of it. Central bankers are taking advantage of it. The wealthy, the people that understand money are taking advantage of it. You need to take advantage of it too. So now, do we have any questions? Oh, we're running long today. All right, I'm going to do an, a separate Q&A. But, you know, just keep in mind that we have plenty of gold and silver available. Would you scroll down, please? <laughs> We're going to get Edgar is new. He's doing fabulous. I'm really excited to have him as part of the team because I think he's going to really uh, do really well with that. But I want the updates, please. Okay. So uh, make sure that the bell is turned on to get those notifications so you get alerted when we go live. And this week, I'm on with Silver Bullion TV, my good friend Patrick over in Singapore. Uh, that's on Thursday. And he does such an amazing job. He always asks me such interesting questions that I just love it. So make sure if you have any questions about this or anything else, uh, is George Gammons live, that interview live yet? Okay, so just check our uh, social media and we'll let you know when that interview goes live because, you know, of course, with George, we always have great conversations. I, I mean, I just love him. He's one of my favorite people. So if you have any questions, send them into questions at ITM Trading. Or if you're working with one of our consultants, you can also ask them and they'll get us the questions. And until next we meet, I'd like you to really keep in mind that it is absolutely time to cover your assets. And here at ITM Trading, we do that with the Wealth Shield. And keep